and I worked hard for that labor and that birth experience. And um, I walked out on the other side feeling empowered, yet I still managed to get postpartum depression and anxiety. And it hit me hard. It was really a rough experience. I lost my partner through that. You'll hear from women, leaders, and mothers who are holding hands as we move through life's greatest transitions. Join us for The Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today we have Miranda Bauer. She's going to talk through postpartum and I really love this for anyone that is in the postpartum phase because it is going to break it down super, super simple. She's going to give us basically three with a bonus number four things that we should be focusing on in the postpartum period to really speed up and up level our healing. This is so important. We're going to talk nutrition, sleep, hormones, exercise. She has a beautiful group for new mothers, a monthly membership, and she'll share a little bit about that as well to help give a little more support if it's needed. This is a great episode for new moms. And if you know a new mom, this is a great episode for you too, to help facilitate that healing for somebody that you love. Enjoy it. So new guide, I was excited to see it because I felt like it was super detailed, but at the same time, condensed enough where it didn't feel like you had to do a hundred things after you have a baby. I think that's the hard thing is like, where do I start? What comes first? What's most important, right? Yeah. To take care of ourselves. We're like, okay, how? So I love that you've broken this down basically into four points and we'll get into those. But I was just curious how you got into the work of postpartum. Yeah. So I started my postpartum journey essentially, um, and my my journey through um, doing this work through my own journey through postpartum um, when I had my son uh, about ten years ago, which is really hard to to think about that it's been that long and he's that old. Um, but uh, yeah, it was um, I I had what I felt quote unquote the perfect birth right. Um, it was for me and in the sense that it was everything that I needed to. Um, to be a mother. And I, and I worked hard for that labor and that birth experience. And um, I walked out on the other side feeling empowered, yet I still managed to get postpartum depression and anxiety. And it hit me hard. It was really a, a rough experience. I lost my partner through that. I ended up moving in with my parents. I had no job. Like when I say it was rough, I could not function as a human being, I could barely function as a mother. I, I was certain that I was going to lose my son. And um, I, I didn't know how to get out and I, I didn't understand why it had happened to me. How and why was this even a thing? Because I had done all the work. I had done all the research. I was a biology student previously. And so the research aspect of it was part of who I was as a human being like that. It was just something that I needed to do and I did and I you know thought I did all the things and here I was experiencing the same thing that one in seven women did 
Mm-hmm. And I, I felt utterly alone in my experience, even though I knew that so many mothers had felt the same way. And really, it became my mission from that point forward to not only heal my body and to, to heal my experience, to, but to learn why was this epidemic happening, really? Because such huge numbers, so many women are going through this. Why are so many women going through this? Even when, you know, quote unquote, the perfect circumstances um, were, were had, you know? And, um, and so that's really where my work begins yeah that's so perfect and what you said about having what seemed like the perfect experience is what I find a lot of moms are saying is like yeah I didn't feel well but I didn't have it as bad as this other story I've heard or I didn't have any birth trauma so I figured this is just kind of what comes with the territory of having a baby and I wanted to ask about Um, you mentioned that you were worried about losing your son, which is a feeling that I had when I had that really extreme anxiety too, was it to me, and you can tell me if this was the same experience for you, to me, it was like, I have all these feelings, but I felt like if I voiced them, then I would be seen as unfit or they would say like, ooh, okay, well, we're a little worried about you, so maybe we should let somebody else be in charge here. Is that? Yeah, yeah, for 100%. I felt like I was falling apart at the seams. Like, I, I wrote a piece for um, uh, a magazine um, with, you know, my postpartum body shattered because I really felt like I was in pieces on the floor and I was trying to scoop them up and put it back together. And I didn't understand. And if I said a word to anybody else, then they would also see that I was falling apart and that I was not the mother that I should be and that something bad was going to happen to me. And looking in hindsight, I should have gotten help. I should have. I mean, my I had anxiety so strongly that I literally thought monkeys would come down from the ceiling and snatch my baby. I would wake up with nightmares of this. Mm -hmm. I should have been that person who sought and sought and gotten help. I should have been, but I was so adamant that I would do this alone and go through this journey alone because nobody should be able to see me um, struggle because to do that would be to finally admit that I didn't feel worthy enough Mm -hmm. to show the world that I was not worthy meant that it would, it would be the final say that I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to come to terms with that, that yes, I am worthy. Yes, I am good enough. Yes, that reaching out for help is, is really a, a matter of strength, right? It is when a woman reaches for help, I always commend her on, on how strong she is, even though she doesn't feel it in the moment. Mm-hmm. Because really it does take amount, a, a, a certain amount of strength in order to do that. It's a sign of strength, not weakness. Um, and, and, um, yeah, so all of those things, um, were really big and, and it worked out. This is all a part of my journey, but I know that if I would have gotten help, um, I wouldn't have taken so long to come out to the other side. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's kind of the hard thing thinking back to is, um, for me, I felt like it was such a deep fog that when 
like my husband talks about, um, cause we lived in one home in Florida with our son until he was, um, just like eight months old. And I have very few memories of it. Like I was there with him every single day, but as far as being presently there, very little. So it's like, I feel that, yeah, I missed that time of that just like waiting for it to be over rather than asking for support in that way. Yeah, and I, I feel the same way. I don't remember a lot of the things that had happened. Mm -hmm. um, I look back at, at photos and I look at myself and be like, oh my gosh, like I look okay, but mm -hmm. I see straight through, like how come nobody else saw that, right? And um, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because um, it took a lot of time to heal from that and to look back on that journey and forgive myself for for being in that space and and shifting my story and it was um somebody had asked me how did you shift this into a positive thing because now you're able to look back on your your story and i remember um i used to journal often and after i had my son you know the journal entries were few and far in between um but when i did journal there's like five entries and i talked about how much i loved my son yeah and so i connected my story with that i knew and I know now how much I deeply loved him during that time, even though I may have felt like, you know, a disconnected mom who had no idea what she was doing and, and you know, the depths of depression and anxiety. But I now know um, that I loved him and I would have done anything for him during that time. Mm -hmm. So that's my new story. Yeah. That's yeah. where I operate from. Yeah, I love that. I like that a lot. So then when you were putting together this guide, so it has the four parts or there's the one bonus part. So is it, is it normally the three you say are the most important and then? Yeah. So we can definitely dive into that a little bit more here um, for your listeners. So um, I, I speak on the three parts of postpartum quite frequently. And those three parts of postpartum and, and healing are very interrelated and they are nutrition, sleep, and hormone balance. And those are absolutely essential to our health and well-being and very connected to one another. Meaning if you eat well, you sleep better and your hormones stay in more balance, right? If you are not sleeping, you're not able to cook the foods that you need in order to balance your hormones, right? They work together in a spiral and in, in, uh, a circle, right? They feed into each other. Mm -hmm. And so we can't just work on one without working on all three of those. Those are super important. And so in the guide, I go into detail about those three things and how interconnected they are. And really it's about giving you the, the tools that you need um, to, to help your body in those three regards, right? Because, you know, the, there's so much information out there. Um, and a lot of it is not that great. And because we're still learning and exploring postpartum, there's, there's a huge information gap, right? And so many women out there are trying to fill this information gap. And um, a lot of times it gets filled with things that are not so helpful. Right. Uh, so it's really important that, um, so this guide was, is, really about filling in the important information that is true and relevant to postpartum women in an actionable way that doesn't feel overwhelming 
have to give them the steps they need to start healing their body if they're experiencing constant exhaustion and fatigue or hormone imbalance or mood swings, right? Or hair loss, right? All of those things, tummy issues um, to come together in one guide and get the support that you need. So the fourth component of that is, is exercise. And uh, well, I, I quote unquote exercise, but it's really physical care. And, and we talk about incontinence and um, uh, diastasis recti and those things, because when we don't feel well physically, they, it also impacts how we feel emotionally. And so it's, it's something that absolutely needs to be addressed. Um, but a lot of times it's something that comes after when our basic needs are being met right? Like nutrition, sleep, and hormone balance, those are the foundational pieces. Right. We have to create that space and um, uh, that foundation of, of health before we can even move into things like exercise, which I never even, you know, the guide uh, shares, like I don't recommend that right away. Mm -hmm. um, but there are things that you can do now to support your body and learning how to breathe deeply and learning how to um, um, you know, just carry your body and posture. That's a form of exercise. Uh, learning how to stand tall and stand straight or sit correctly is a form of exercise in postpartum um, and should not be taken for granted. Like that is a foundational piece. Um, but in order to get to that place, we need to make sure that our body is getting what it needs nutritionally and with sleep and that our hormones are balanced through that. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it, there's, it is kind of a bonus in a sense, but it is also something that's super important um, in the overall function. Um, but really those three components are the foundational pieces. Yeah, and exercise I think is the one thing that so many women are almost asking like, okay, when can I get back into this? So you mentioning that there's foundational steps before you get back to your jogging routine or before you're going back to the yoga studio. And it's almost like the exercise piece is, I think it takes you to kind of tune into your body again to say like, do I trust my body to do these movements? And like you're saying, when you break it down to posture and breath, it really helped me. And that's kind of how I walked through it the second time once I knew better, but that helped me to come to a place of just understanding what my body even felt like, because it's very easy to almost tune out the pains and the uncomfortable feelings. And again, to just say like, well, I guess this is after you have a baby, just what happens. You just yeah. have to be dealing with this. And so I, I like the idea that there there are steps. It's, it's not a, when can I jump back in? It's, you know, your body is different. So let's treat it. Let's respect it. Like it's, you know, grown a human <laughs> and give it some time here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So much of that. And I feel like, um, you know, our society, we have so many, um, um, you know, unsaid and, and often said uh, expectations for women, right? Um, we hear often to get your body back and women want to shed the pounds so that they can feel good again in, in their own body. Um, and and there's, 
there's so many different components to wanting to get back into exercise. And I find often though, it is a matter of this desire to look good because we don't feel like we look good. Mm -hmm. And also to understand our body again, right? Because exercise and, and movement and yoga um, it's really about understanding who we are and diving deep into our, our body and knowing how our body works and functions and supporting it during those things, right? It's, uh, yoga is known for being a mindful practice, um, and it's that way because of how we um, come to be in our body and that space and appreciate it and love it and nourish it with the act of yoga. And we are so needing that in postpartum we need the nourishment we need to get to understand our body again because it's new it's changed it will never be the same body again you'll never get it back it never really left anywhere mm -hmm. but it, it's it's new your your cellular uh, your cells changed you know at every cell in your body has has changed to be imprinted with that of your child your brain change, everything about who you are will never go back to the same. And so postpartum is really about this transition into motherhood. You are transitioning and learning. It's a phase of life and you have to relearn who you are. And so when we seek out things like exercise, you know, um, a lot of times it's that, that need to explore who am I in this body because I don't recognize it and I'm yearning to recognize it again. I'm yearning to feel it again in the way that it felt at one point in time in my life. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but there's steps to that, right? And I think that there's so much that goes on emotionally that needs to be understood as we go through that journey um, and recognizing that you are good enough in the body that you already have. And to recognize that, you know, it has grown a human being and birthed that human being and to give yourself grace and permission to live in this space of unknowing, right? Because postpartum is really an unknowing space. We're, we're learning and we're unlearning motherhood and, and our child and, you know, our relationships and, you know, who we are as a human being and our ideas of thought and thoughts on love and you know war and like all of those definitions shift and change for us so it's really about um you know being comfortable in that space and that can be hard but there's so much beautiful things that can come from allowing your body to heal at that level first before one engages fully into you know the yoga or you know, hitting the, the jogging or weightlifting and things like that. Um, and it's proven over and over and over again to be a great benefit. Yeah. So if we go back then to nutrition, mm -hmm. I know you could talk on this for hours and hours, like probably <laughs> each section, <laughs> but I'm thinking, so if, let's say that there's a woman listening and she is preparing to have a baby. So she'll be in postpartum soon so what is something nutrition based maybe just one or two things that you say are like these are the most important points that i want you to know and understand oh my goodness <laughs> um 
just two. Okay, I, I would say that your body is physiologically changed in postpartum. The moment that you have a baby, your body, um, I, I don't like using this word, and I have yet to find an alternative, uh, but it's kind of like a traumatic event for your body, right? Whether you view it as such or not, your body undergoes a massive shift in a short period of time. Mm -hmm. And your, um, there's sympathetic and parasympathetic, like your nervous system sh shifts and changes. Uh, and long story short, your um, metabolism and your digestive system shuts down and doesn't function at the level it once did. Um, because your body is working on healing, right? The energy um, that is used for digestion and, um, and gut health is, is used and, you know, to prevent you from, from hemorrhaging and used in other areas of, of your postpartum experience to get, you know, breast milk going and all of those other things, right? So you're, it, it slows down dramatically. And that means that you lack the digestive enzymes to get the foods that you need or break down the foods that you need so that you can use those mm -hmm. nutrients that your body is absolutely craving. Yeah. Um, and so what happens is, is, you know, a lot of times where we sign up for a meal train or something and mm. we're bringing these, we're brought these dense casseroles. And um, a lot of times when we're looking at preparing for postpartum, we're told, think easy meals that are super rich and nutrient and, and not nutrients, but full of um, uh, really hearty meals because you're going to be so hungry, right? And so we go for these big, thick, dense meals that are really hard to digest. Mm. And so what happens is, is we end up constipated, we end up bloated, we end up gassy, and we, we call it normal postpartum because it's so common, but it's not. Um, if we ate foods that were nutrient dense and giving us what our body is so craving and needing in order to heal, um, and, and that we used food in a way that was already broken down so it's easy for our body to process without it exerting more energy to do so, mm -hmm. our lives would be so much better in postpartum. It helps balance your mood. It helps you sleep and regulate things better. Your baby benefits um, from you having more nutrients uh, in your body as well. And so it's a constant, like you heal faster. It, plain and simple, you heal faster. Um, so it's not just about nutrients and, you know, salads and smoothies are one of the worst things that you can do in postpartum. Mm -hmm. It's about the ease of digestion because you mm -hmm. can give yourself all of the amazing meals, but it means nothing if your body is not able to absorb them in such a way that is beneficial. Mm -hmm. So allow the body to go through this natural progression of, of building back its enzymes um, and its digestion and flow and, and juices and do so by supporting it with meals that are nutrient dense and easy to digest. Think soups, broths, um, stews, warming foods that are already broken down for you. Mm -hmm. um, that's how you're going to heal in postpartum with nutrition, um, and it impacts so much of your of your life and and your being, especially your hormones. Um, it's one of the biggest factors in uh, normalizing your hormones in postpartum. Yeah. Okay, let's jump to hormones then. Okay. <laughs> I know they all go in all different directions. Yes, all yes. Um, and then I have to like tease that 
you, if you're listening, have to download your guide because there's some recipes in there too. Yeah. Or, and it's a free guide, yes. by the way. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. Thank so you. Fun. Okay. So then moving into hormones, what are some like practical steps you could take as a new mom to regulate your hormones? Yeah. So, you know, the biggest thing is getting the nutrients that your body needs because hormones are um, twofold here. Um, in order to create the hormones that your body needs, it, it needs nutrients to do, to, to make the hormones that your body needs, right? So if your body is not getting the nutrients that it needs, it can't create the hormones that it needs to function properly. And there's a lot of hormones going on. Your body needs a lot of nutrients uh, at this point. And oftentimes we enter postpartum depleted um, because we've spent nine to 10 months growing a human being. Um, it's not an easy thing. A lot of women, especially in the U.S. culture, um, enter pregnancy with deficiencies, right? Let alone postpartum. And so by the time we hit that postpartum period, we need a lot. Um, and so just looking at that in itself, you know, if you want hormones to regulate, you have to give it something to, to create those hormones, which is nutrients. Um, and I don't like to list specific nutrients. I will say that um, there are several that are helpful, but they all work together. This is the beauty of whole foods. They are all necessary and you can't just give yourself one um, because if you're deficient in one, you're deficient in several others. Yeah. So food works together and it's not, yeah. Um, I get this question so frequently. What if I just take supplements? Well, supplements, are hard to digest, right? So food, you know, if a food item or a meal is hard to digest, think about a man-made pill. So, um, sidetracking a little bit. So anyway, um, <laughs> going back to hormones, get the nutrients that your body needs, eating those, those foods that I had mentioned before. And um, again, there's several recipes, as you mentioned in the guide. Um, and then sleep. Sleep is so critical for hormone balance because your body um, assesses your hormone levels. What does it need? What needs to be cleaned up and shift out? All of that happens, that actual, the regulation part of your hormones happens in your sleep. Yeah. And we know what that means in postpartum, right? Sleep, what is that? Mm -hmm. um, and really, there, our, our brains change as, as females in postpartum to accommodate shorter spurts of rest, meaning that we are able to fall asleep faster and hit REM cycle faster and have deeper sleep sessions and wake up sooner and more often. And so our body is accommodating for these changes that are going to happen and for our bodies to be able to care for the little ones who constantly needs to nurse or needs comfort in the middle of the night. It's not our babies that need sleep training. It's us as mothers <laughs> who need the sleep training. We need to understand how to do this and how to use this time to get the sleep that we need. And sleep looks different. And how do you make that work, right? So figuring out how to make that work and making sleep a priority 
is so crucial to hormone balance, right? So you, you have nutrition, you have sleep. Um, and that is a good, you know, 60 to 70% of your hormone balance mm. right there. The other components of this of hormone balance is trauma. When you experience a traumatic situation uh, or a birth, or you relive your, the trauma that you may have experienced um, and before birth or, or whatever the case may be, um, it will dramatically affect your hormones. Um, it, it, you know, you live in a state of uh, fight or flight and that's hormone based, like everything in your body is ran on hormones. Everything that you do, the thoughts that you think, if you're beating yourself up and feeling guilt or shame or, or constant fear and the depression and the anxiety, right? All of those will dictate how your hormones will play out. Mm. Um, and, it, and it's very interrelated, right? So your, the thoughts that you think will also impact the hormones that are running through your body. And also stress. Stress, cortisol, that's a hormone, mm -hmm. right? Like all of these things are hormone related. And so when we experience stress, we have, you know, again, that fight or flight is, is activated in our body and it releases other hormones that don't feel so good to us. And therefore, you know, they're, they're kind of dictating how we feel. Mm. And, and it's all interrelated, of course. They're all tied together. Well, I think that sleep is an interesting one too. And tell me what you think of this. So um, a lot of moms will say, well, you know, they say sleep when the baby sleeps, but there's always that like, well, I also want to take a shower and I also want to eat well. And, you know, when the baby's napping. So would you say that it's, it's not so much the length of sleep, but the quality of your sleep when you are sleeping? Or would you say, lay down and close your eyes as often as possible? Um, both, right? <laughs> like, it's hard. I, I think it's a great theory to sleep when baby sleeps. Mm -hmm. But when, what happens when you have a toddler running around right. um, and, and a school ager as well, right? Like, I'm a, ma I'm a mom of four. And my, um, my last one is just about a year old. And sleeping when she sleeps is impossible because I'm also chasing a three-year-old and a six-year-old. And I have a 10-year-old, too, who manages himself pretty well. But, you know, I still have other responsibilities and children to take care of. So what happens in those situations? Um, so I think it's very important that, yes, if, if you're able to rest and you're able to do that, do it. And if you feel good doing it, do it. There's a lot of times where we're so deep sleep deprived that if we take a nap, we feel worse off when we wake up than when we do when we first, you know, begin the nap, um, which is very telling of, of uh, complete exhaustion and the need to get some additional support, whatever that may look like. Um, but my, my biggest strategy for moms is to make sleep a priority for themselves. Like really sit down with yourself and determine, okay, what time does my kids wake up in the morning? How often am I up at night? And what time do I need to go to sleep based on how many hours that I should be getting, right? right? Like, what does that look like in my day? And how can I make that a priority in my life? And then communicate that, right? If you um, have 
you know, if you're so sleep deprived, um, have your mom come over while, you know, and take care of your kids and hand over a baby when baby needs to nurse and go sleep. Mm -hmm. like, if you're not able to sleep because you're having a hard time falling asleep because you're having flashbacks of, you know, a difficult labor experience or a traumatic event, seek help for that. Mm -hmm. um, address the foundational issue, right? Right. Um, and make sure that you're you're making it a priority. When you make sleep a priority for yourself, other people will follow suit. Mm. Plan, right? What it's so interesting when I had made it a priority, like mommy needs certain foods and mommy needs sleep. Mm -hmm. Those are my priorities in my postpartum. And so my husband and my children made it very clear to me, like, mom, are you supposed to be sleeping right now? Like, <laughs> resting, you need to go to sleep. Here's a blankie, right? And then they would shut the door and walk away. And it's so cute and so amazing. But that because I set it up to where that was going to happen. And they knew how important it was for me to make that happen. And, you know, my husband and I, he, he worked really hard on getting to know our, our baby and uh, making sure that they had a strong relationship so he could, you know, after I was done nursing her at night, he can hold her and be with her mm -hmm. while I get a long stretch of sleep. And it still happens that way. So I still get a huge long sleep at, a stretch at night. He will take, he'll bring her in, nurse her, take her back if he needs to. And I get that long, that long stretch. And then that's all I need to function, right? And then I'll bring her back to me at like two, three o'clock in the morning. We're up at six, seven o'clock in the morning and ready to go for our day. And it doesn't matter if I just spent, you know, if I cluster fed five times in that three hours because I got my first block of sleep. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm on top of the world. <laughs> we found something that worked for us. Mm. Um, and, and that's the, the thing that we didn't give up we made sure that this was a priority and we were gonna try whatever it took to make it work for us. And if there was an issue, um, we had, my baby was super gassy in the beginning. We realized that there was a tongue tie, like we had to address the issues, the underlying issues that was causing her that to make her wake up early and often, right? And so we, we addressed that and then the sleep came. Um, and those are so important to do, right? To make sure that you're setting yourself up for success and setting yourself up for, for sleep because that's so important. Well, and there is that taking that step back and coming almost out of survival mode for a moment just to say, is this working? Because I think there's so many times you just, you're so tired that you don't even have the wherewithal or like the bandwidth to come up with a new plan. You're just yes. like, well, I haven't passed out from exhaustion yet. So I guess we'll just keep doing this <laughs> because we did, we did like every combination. We have a small house and two kids. We have a toddler and um, my daughter's 10 months. And so we've done like me on the couch, my husband with the baby, me with the baby, toddler and baby. I mean, it's like, we've done everything we could do. And then finally it was like, oh, she's just not sleeping well, no matter what. And just like you said, it was like, then when I noticed what foods I was eating, because I'm still nursing and we were able to calm her stomach, 
she could sleep anywhere. <laughs> it wasn't right. It's not like who she's sleeping next to. <laughs> but we didn't even we didn't even have this, the headspace to see what the possibility of an issue could be. It was just like, okay, it's another night. We're like going into battle and. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's so important that you bring that up, and I bring it up fairly regularly in my group programs, and this is the whole reason why I work with women in a group setting, and to get give them that support, um, and that one-on-one -on -one setting as well. I have a lot of one-on-one -on -one clients, but it's really about um, being able to see their story, and because they're not, they're so deep in the throes of it, and in the throes of exhaustion and depletion and all of those things that it's so hard to see a way out and i will tell you even as an expert who's been doing this for over 10 years i have been working with women in postpartum for 10 years now um since the beginning of my own journey and really this last pregnancy i hired a coach yeah. because even though i knew all of the things being able to apply it to myself is a whole different story Absolutely. right this is why doctors have doctors yeah. and right because and 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 coaches have coaches and mm -hmm. whatever the case may be you know a web designer has their own web designer like this is a thing because it's so we're so deep in our own story mm -hmm. that it's so hard to apply the knowledge that we have within us and that innate knowledge when we're going through the, the things as we already are. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's, again, no shame in reaching out for that. This is, I mean, counselors have their own counselors and yeah. like all of these things because you can't apply the things that you know to yourself when you're in, you're, when you're living in your story. Right. And that's why it's so beautiful to reach out and to find community and find people who you can share your story to and who can help you and give you suggestions without judgment. Um, and that is so, so key as we are moving through this process of healing and, and learning what it means to be a mother in our body. Yeah, so uh, you said something at the start of our conversation about how postpartum care is so new, which I agree with you, but I always think that that's so interesting because women have been giving birth forever. And so, I, I wonder, like, and maybe you have a theory on this, where the shift was where we finally said, like, okay, this is enough. Like, this has to improve. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that self-care and, and postpartum care was something that happened back when, right? We hear we hear the stories of the traditional tales of women supporting women and, and childbirth and after and, you know, teams of women coming to your home, your, your family, your grandmother, your, your friends and cooking you meals and holding your baby and teaching you how to breastfeed, which is, you know, something you probably already knew because you watched, you know, all of the women around you do it. Um, and it's, and and giving you that rest that you need right and making sure like painting this picture that we've painted of what life was like and the you know the, the traditional sense and then you know insert the industrial age and the need to be more independent and women finding themselves and their voice and you know the bra burning and you know formula came out around that time mm -hmm. um, because women needed that independence and we needed our voice and 
now we're, I think we're coming, the pendulum is swinging, right? Now um, we're coming back to this community and this need of, of support. And we're realizing that it's not one side or the other. It's kind of a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's this space in between where we all need to gather and support each other through this process. And um, that looks different nowadays than it did back then. There's, it's hard to have a team of women coming to your home to take care of you in postpartum, right? Because they're dealing with their own life and they need their own team of support, right? It's not, it's not doable nowadays. We, we can't hold on to that picture and think that that is what is going to look like for us anymore. Mm-hmm. That's not. It's, it's not going to look that way for a long time. Yeah. Um, not for our daughters, maybe their daughters, right? Maybe our granddaughters, but that's, that's just not what it's going to look like. So what does it look like for the modern woman? And, and I think we are all trying to figure out what that means because mm-hmm. it's very clear that there is this need for support and that we do need community and we need to be supported in these different ways. And you know that nutrition and sleep and hormone balance, those are all so, so important in our body and, and our healing experience. But how do you do that in a modern world when every single woman out there needs support mm-hmm. um, and they're not getting it right so what does that look like um, and one of the great things about being in you know the online space and and finding each other and social media I mean it can go both ways right yeah. social media can be a really negative space but it can also be a really positive one and it's truly what you make of it mm-hmm. and that is one of the reasons why I have you know a group program that's specific and supporting women and healing in the years after childbirth, because it's not just, it's not, postpartum is not six weeks, it's not six months, it's, it's truly six plus years mm-hmm. of our life healing and, and learning how to be in our body, depending on, you know, what kind of birth experience you've had and your, your past experiences. Um, and, um, you know, maybe you've experienced a trauma or along the lines, or, you know, the relationships that you have with your parents, all of these, a huge role in the healing mm-hmm. of our, our body during you know postpartum and so creating that community space where we can all gather and share these things and learn about how it what it really means to heal our body and not just some random thing that we found you know on Pinterest while we were searching for you know great meals or something you know um, that it's it's a coming together um, of real real information and, and, uh, you know, a collective healing. Mm. Yeah, I love that. So how often, I want to know more about these groups, how often do you offer them? And then what is like the perfect time you would say for a woman to be involved? Is it right after the birth of her baby? Does it not matter? It, it really, there. So this group program is an ongoing group program. It is not something that just opens up and then leaves after a couple of months. This is something that is ongoing and women can come and go as they choose. Um, It is um, uh, a a wide array of women who are in this. There's women who are pregnant for the first time, women who are pregnant for the eighth time. Mm. Um, women who are um, 
six years postpartum or freshly postpartum. And there's a lot of women who are right in that between stage. I mean, the average woman in this group is between two to three years postpartum. Mm -hmm. And they're finally saying, okay, I, I give in, I need more, right? Like what I'm doing is not working and I need some more support. Um, and so there's, there's a wide range of women and women all over the world. We have Europe, um, we have Australia, uh, we even have uh, someone in South Africa, um, all over the US and Canada. Um, Mexico is even in there, so, which is beautiful and so telling because postpartum is a global thing, right? It's not something that you know, one area of the world experiences. These are all common things that women all over the world experience. And to come together in this community space, and we have um, coaching calls that happen um, with me, and we'll get on uh, coaching calls. To, um, we have those twice a month. Um, we do a giveaway every month. Um, we have a journal, a couple of journals that we were giving away in the group um, this go around. Um, we do card readings, which is so powerful. Um, and every we do that every week. Um, and we have guest speakers who come in and talk about mindful mothering and we talk about you know decluttering our home when you have depression and anxiety and OCD, right? Like, what does that even mean? Where do you even begin? Um, like, uh, so many amazing things that are going on in that space. And, and it's done in a way that is supportive and um, not overwhelming. Like, it's very broken down, step-by-step -step pieces. Start here. Like, this is what you do. Um, and I think that's what draws so many people in um, through the guide, as you had mentioned mm -hmm. earlier not overwhelming in the least bit yeah because I thought that because when I was reading through your guide I was thinking like okay this is exactly what I needed because I had you know like books on books on articles on advice lots of advice I didn't even ask for and you're sifting through all of that again when you are sleep deprived and depleted <laughs> So yeah, you really, it's like the perfect time at the hardest time, but the perfect time to have someone say like, give me your hand. I'm going to just walk with you. We're going to go really slow, <laughs> right? Yes. Do this step first. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Super, super easy. Very simple. And here is a beautiful community of women just like you who are on the journey as well. I think that's what makes it so powerful. And it's so great to see other women sharing their stories of like, okay, this is really hard. This is where I am. Or stories of, you know what, I, I did this. I accomplished this today. Like, look at what I did. And everybody's there offering a hand and, you know, clapping and holding hands and giving virtual hugs, right? Like we need those things more than ever, right, in this space. Um, and to have that in, in one area is absolutely amazing. Yeah, that's beautiful. So, okay, let everyone listening know, first of all, where they can get this guide. They all need it, right? Mm -hmm. So if you are pregnant or have ever had a baby yes so you can go to my website and download it and it, my website is mirandabauer.com 
slash mother love. That's where you can get the download. Um, so Miranda is M-A-R-A-N-D-A, all A's. <laughs> B-O-W-E-R, MirandaBauer.com slash mother love. And you'll be able to download that. Um, there is links to the group in that. You can also find that on my website, MirandaBauer.com slash group program. It's $25 a month to participate and and that's really really important i feel because you know that the women who are part of this group mm -hmm. are serious about healing their bodies yeah. and it's very um it's a coming together of like-minded mothers there's not it's not just anybody and everybody mm -hmm. um and so it kind of censors itself in that way and so it's a very strong group who there's no bias there's no judgments like we come as we are and i think that's mm -hmm. super important yeah you can cancel anytime um you're here for as long as you need it and eventually the goal is that you won't need us anymore yeah. right um and and it's interesting like so many women will say i don't know if i need it anymore but i love it so much that yeah. I'm around. um because we we can use that support you know mm -hmm. so. well and i'm sure everyone's learning from each other too and you even said where there's women from all different cultures and that is i'm sure you yeah. know introducing some women like in the u.s to ideas that we didn't even think were possible because of the way that we've seen mothering happen and when you hear someone else doing it successfully and you say like oh i think i could you know impl implement that and that's that's a big deal yeah, yeah, it's super powerful. And um, when you have a women, you know, a group of women saying, "Oh, I this is what I did, and this is what helped me in the process." Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. And and the great thing is, is like there's so much. I have uh, videos, and I break down, you know, all of the the things that I teach on nutrition and sleep and hormones and and all of these pieces into like really easy bite-sized informational things. There's downloads, there's videos, there's however you want to learn. Um, it's, it's in there. Yeah. Amazing. And I've, I'll link that as well, <clears throat> excuse me, in the notes for the show. So it'll be nice and easy to find, but I appreciate you doing this. Yes. Thank you so much. So, so much for being here. I'm excited to, to participate and share, of course. Awesome. And it was nice to meet you. Yes. yes. Face to face. I really did. I, I was like, I think I just had been reading it. So your guide so often and your photos Aww. are here too. So then I was thinking like, I was like, I don't think I've had a zoom call with her, but for some reason I feel like, Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, maybe you'll consider joining us in the group too. I think it would be yeah, a that would, benefit for you. Well, like you said about women being that two to three years, my son is almost three and I do feel yes. that way. I'm like, okay, I got to kick something into high gear here because yeah, we're just, it's like in certain areas, I feel like I'm doing so much better. And then in others, I'm like, we're still walking through mud. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully we'll see you in. And there's a lot of support there and a lot of women who are right in the thick of that too. So yeah, perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Yeah.